This audio is brought to you by Muslim Central. Please consider donating to help cover our running costs and future projects by visiting www.muslimcentral.com forward slash donate. Rabbi Shahli Sadri wa Sili Amri Wahlul Ruktatam Milisani Yafkahu Koli. Wallahuma Thabitna and the Mauti Bila Ilaha illallah. Wallahuma Jalla Minaladina Amanu Amilus Salihat, whatever so will Haki, whatever so will Sub Aminia Rabbil Alameen. Today I continue my series of uh, khutbahs on the ayat that were revealed in the case of Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha. And when I'm going to be t- what I'm going to be talking to you about today are ayahs 15, 16, and hopefully we can get to 17 and 18 also, uh, inshallah. Uh, in, this, in these ayat, Allah Azza wa describes a scene. And in order to understand the scene, I'll try to paint a hypothetical situation for you. There are people in a gathering. It's like a, you know, Ramadan is coming, so it's like an iftar, or it's like an Eid gathering, and there are people just sitting and socializing, eating and talking. And one of the people that isn't there, somebody decides that they want to talk about them, or they want to say something controversial about them. But they don't want to feel like they started talking, you know, badly about somebody, and they started it, and... They don't want to incriminate themselves. So what they do is, it's kind of like you know, throwing a spark into dry, dry wood. You just kind of throw a little bit of a spark and let the fire take over on its own. So they kind of just kind of slip in. Hey, have you, anybody heard about Zainab and what's going on? Now they just kind of throw in a name and kind of say what's going on, but nothing more. Hoping that somebody else will pick it up. And then the fire will begin and everybody's going to start talking. right? So it's a very clever way of just dropping something cleverly with your tongue without incriminating yourself, but hoping that this will create a kind of gathering of you know, backbiting or talking about somebody that isn't there or saying unfortunate things about them that really you wouldn't want those kinds of things being said about you or your own family member, but it's totally okay if you're talking about somebody else. As a matter of fact, people that do that a lot, they start by saying, you know, I'm, I'm, you, I'm someone who always minds their own business. I hate talking about other people. And you know, I really just keep to myself, have you heard about Zainab? Or have you heard about Abdul Karim? Like, the moment the conversation begins with, I just like to keep to myself. Or I never talk about other people. That means it's going to go south. This is going to go somewhere you don't need it to go. In any case, this is a clever use of the tongue. And Allah describes this scene with, إِذْ تَلَقَّوْنَهُ بِأَلْسِنَتِكُمْ When you dropped it, and you know, تَلَقِّي in Arabic is actually تَفَعُلْ which is uh, the, the pattern in the Arabic language suggests effort and craft. So very, in a very crafty and you know, conscious way, you drop something with your tongues. Look at the language of Allah. You drop this with your tongues, very carefully and in a very crafty way. As if, if somebody says, hey, what are you trying to say? No, I'm not saying anything. So you, you can actually absolve yourself of any wrongdoing. But Allah says, I see what you're doing. I see the games you're playing. So, اِثْتَلَقَّوْنَهُ بِأَلْسِنَتِكُمْ And then he adds, now that this is for the rest of the gathering. The rest of them are essentially dry wood. So once the spark is thrown, everybody just starts to, oh, it's really unfortunate what's happened, or this or that or the other. People start saying, and not everybody wants to backbite. Not everybody wants to say something bad. But even when they say, you know, I've heard what's happened. I hope it isn't true. Even when you say that, you've actually furthered something negative being said. As a matter of fact, I'm reminded of the case of Umm Ayyub. She was a companion of the Prophet ﷺ. She and her husband. And she loved Aisha anha. And when this rumor spread about Aisha, she was really hurt about it. She was really bothered by what was being said about her. 
So she came to her husband. Obviously, when you're hurt about something and you hear something terrible about someone, you don't want to believe it, and you don't believe it, but you feel the need to talk to someone. So she figures, I'm just going to go talk to my husband. So she went and talked to her husband and said, أَسَمِعْتَ مَا قِيلَ فِي عَائِشَةً Have you heard what's been said about Aisha? Basically, now she's not trying to start a rumor. She's not someone who's slandering Aisha radiallahu anha. She has, doesn't have any bad intentions. As a matter of fact, she's only bringing it up because it's hurt her so much. That's why she brought it up to her husband. And look at her husband's response. نَعَمْ وَذَلِكَ الْكَذِبِ أَفَكُنْتِ يَا He says yes, and that is the ultimate lie. Would you do something like that, my wife? The things that have been said about her, would you do something like that? He just turned it around on her in a split second. And she's in shock, like why would you even say that? Why? Because even out of genuine concern, if you feel it's out of genuine concern, that you're talking about someone, even that is out of line. That is a form of carelessness. There are people who in a very crafty way want those kinds of conversations to happen. But even the rest of us who say, how unfortunate, I hope it isn't true. If it is true, I hope they make a istighfar, etc, etc. This is unnecessary talk that didn't have to happen. And he put his wife in place immediately recognizing this isn't acceptable. So what does he say? Would you do something like that? As if, like, as if she's accusing her. And he's accusing her in return. But she was doing no such thing. So she says, لا والله, No, I swear to God, I would never. I swear by Allah, I would never do such a thing. So she says, فَعَائِشَةُ وَاللَّهِ خَيْرٌ مِنْكِ Aisha, I swear by Allah, is better than you are. So be quiet. Essentially be quiet. Don't say anything. Our response is actually silence. Our response to hearing something like that, our first one, Previously in a khutbah I told you, How come the first moment you heard it, your response wasn't to think better of your own selves? And think better of believing men and believing women. They should have thought better of their own people, their own selves. Now we're learning that the immediate response should have been silence. That, that you don't further that conversation in the yay or in the nay. You just don't do it. And so here, Allah Azza wa says, some of you dropped it very craftily with your tongues. The rest of you started running your mouth. The way the, the old Arabic way of saying you started running your mouth carelessly is تَقُولُونَ بِأَفْوَاهِكُمْ مَا لَيْسَ لَكُمْ بِهِ عِلْمٍ Exactly the ayah, ayah's words. Then you started saying with your mouths what you have no knowledge of. You started making conjecture that you have no knowledge of. In other words, when enough people start talking, then you know what happens? Well, everybody's saying it, it's got to be a fact. Well, you think everybody's wrong? And so we just start saying out of, out of our own assumptions and running our mouths. Now notice the ayah began with the word tongue. And now it moves to the word mouth. Right? And Because it started, إِتَّلَقَوْنَهُ بِأَلْسِنَتِكُمْ And now, وَتَقُولُونَ بِأَفْوَاهِكُمْ With your mouths. Why? Because the, the, the use of the tongue in old Arabic literature is something careful, creative, crafty, thoughtful. But your mouth is basically open even when you're not talking. Even when you're not thinking. The idea of careless speech is captured in وَتَقُولُونَ بِأَفْوَاهِكُمْ And that's even furthered by the expression مَا لَيْسَ لَكُمْ بِهِ عِلْمٍ What you have no actual knowledge of. Were you there? Have you spoken to the people involved? Have you investigated? No. I just, you know, I just feel like I should, you know, I just feel, no? Stop feeling. Stop feeling. وَتَقُولُونَ بِأَفْوَاهِكُمْ مَا لَيْسَ لَكُمْ بِهِ عِلْمٍ Now, on top of all of that, this conversation is happening at a dinner table. And you know, our culture has become so dirty. Muslims, you know, we, we, the appearances of Islam have become so much more important. And the manners of Islam have disappeared. 
And so what's happened is you're at an iftar, which is supposed to be an act of worship. And people are gathered and they're eating and they're celebrating that they worshipped Allah and fasted all day and they're eating together and there's five of them at a table and one of them gets up to get some extra chicken and the other four are talking about him. And then he comes back, Assalamu alaikum, good to have you back. And the other one goes and now it's his turn. <laughs> like the chicken isn't enough, the flesh of your, your brother needs to be added, you know? This has become normal, it's not even a big deal. To talk about others, to think of others like that, to size people up, you know. And men do it and women do it. And so now he says, وَتَحْسَبُونَهُ هَيِّنًا You think such conversations are no big deal. You think it's very light just to say something. وَهُوَ عِنْدَ اللَّهِ عَظِيمٌ And as far as Allah is concerned, it's massive. It's massive. Now, if you study the Qur'an, and you study what Allah considers a big deal, like what are major sins as far as Allah is concerned, you know? كَبُرَ مَقْتًا عِنْدَ اللَّهِ أَن تَقُولُوا مَا لَا تَفْعَلُونَ It's a massive crime and a disgusting crime as far as Allah is concerned that you say what you don't do, for example. Hypocrisy is a big deal. Shirk is لَظُلْمٌ عَظِيمٌ When you commit, you know, associate partners with Allah, it's a massive grand crime, a grand injustice. ظُلْمٌ عَظِيمٌ here Allah says, you and I just carelessly talking about somebody, which we think is nothing. It's just a comment. It's just a couple of words typed. It's just a conversation. I'm just saying. What's the big deal? Allah says, you don't think it's a big deal. And especially with Allah, this is a massive, massive crime. This is not a small thing at all. And in order to help you appreciate, I've spoken about this before at one occasion or the other, but I want to remind you of something very powerful that Allah Azza wa did in His wisdom. There are two kinds of revelation. I want you to like, think about this. This is going to take a little bit of brain juice from all of us. There's two kinds of basic revelation that came to prophets. It's directly the speech of Allah, the direct speech of Allah. And another kind of revelation, the, le- the least form of revelation, is actually dreams. So true dreams also came to prophets. The highest form of revelation is the word of Allah itself. And the, the, the lowest form of revelation, the least form of revelation, are true dreams. Okay? And the Prophet ﷺ received both. He received the Qur'an, which is the word of Allah, and he received dreams. Now here's the thing. When it came to protecting the dignity of a fellow believer, Allah revealed the Qur'an. Allah revealed the Qur'an. And when it came to restoring the dignity of the Kaaba, the Kaaba, Allah didn't reveal the Qur'an, Allah revealed a dream to the Prophet That Allah sent a dream to the Prophet that turned out to be true, that he will be entering Al-Masjid Al-Haram. Now think about that. The sacredness and the value of the Kaaba, the, the value and the, the respect that we have of the Kaaba is so high. And yet Allah, to liberate the dignity of the Kaaba, revealed the, the truth of that to the Prophet in a dream. The lowest form of revelation. And to restore the dignity of the fellow believer, and actually our mother Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha, Allah revealed ayat of the Qur'an, the highest form of revelation. This helps us understand even the words of the Prophet which one time he turned to the Prophet, he turned to the Kaaba and said that the dignity of a believer is dearer to Allah than you. He turned to the Kaaba and said that. You know, لَحُرْمَةُ الْمُؤْمِنِ أَعْظَمُ عِنْدَ اللَّهِ حُرْمَةً مِنْكِ he said to the Kaaba that the dignity of a believer is more sacred to Allah, is more grand to Allah than your dignity. Now imagine, I've said this to you before, how much respect do we show to the Kaaba? 
when you will get the honor of being in the presence of the Kaaba, would you ever imagine being disrespectful or being condescending or making jokes about the house of Allah? Or I'm just saying, would you ever even think of doing that? You would be terrified at the idea. And yet, when it comes to your fellow believer, somebody else, it's so easy to just talk. And yet in our religion, this, the dignity of the person sitting next to you in the masjid, the dignity of your friends, the dignity of family, these are people in your circle, people you like, people you don't like, doesn't even matter. Their dignity is more sacred to Allah than even the Kaaba. And so here, he says, وَتَحْسَبُونَهُ هَيِّنًا وَهُوَ عِنْدَ اللَّهِ عَظِيمٌ And now, so what should you have done? Okay, you're in this gathering, and somebody started started through in the spark and everybody else started running their mouth. Now you're in this gathering, what are you supposed to do? You've heard these ayat now. How are you supposed to respond? And so Allah says, وَلَوْلَا إِذْ سَمِعْتُمُهُ قُلْتُمْ How come the very moment you heard this kind of talk, the very moment you heard it, you didn't respond. You should have responded. How, did you, how should you have responded? مَا يَكُونُ لَنَا أَن نَتَكَلَّمَ بِهَذَا Here the Qur'an is telling us to be socially awkward. Here's how. You're in this gathering, everybody's having a good time, nobody seems to have a problem talking about somebody else, and you're in the middle of this gathering, and you hear this kind of talk, and you decide to uphold the word of Allah, and you get up in the middle of all of that gathering, and repeat what Allah says. Because Allah says, the moment you heard it, how come you didn't say this? Which means, I better say this. Now what is that? What is that He wants me to say? He says, مَا يَكُونُ لَنَا أَن نَتَكَلَّمَ بِهَذَا It isn't our place, it isn't appropriate for us to be talking about this. It is wrong everyone, we shouldn't be having this conversation. Like you get up and you become the weird one that is now telling people that are older than you, people that are younger than you, people that are more knowledgeable than you, people that have bigger beards than you do, people that have longer hijabs than you do. You're talking to everybody and saying, this is wrong, we shouldn't be having this conversation. That's not an easy thing to do. Because before you speak up like that, you're like, what are people going to think of me? Are they going to think I'm some kind of moral authority? Are they going to pass judgment on me? And if it's so easy for them to talk about this person, if I say this, guess who they're going to talk about next? That's going to be me. <laughs> so what should I do? And this is the time to remember, فَلَا تَخْشَوْهُمْ وَخْشَوْنِي Don't be afraid of people. Be afraid of me, Allah says. Allah is extremely upset with the one who didn't get up and didn't become awkward and didn't get up and say, we can't be talking about this. I don't care if I was invited here as a guest. It doesn't matter. We should not be having this conversation. مَا يَكُونُ لَنَا أَن نَتَكَلَّمَ بِهَذَا Now there are two conversations for the rest of this for you to understand. There's a conversation you're having with people. You're in a gathering, you're surrounded by people, they're talking to you, you're talking to them. But this particular believer who has to get up and say this, understands that at the same time there's another conversation happening. And that conversation is directly between themselves and Allah. And in the middle of that addressing that crowd, they turn towards Allah. And they say, Subhanaka, the next wording of the ayah. Subhanaka. Not Subhanallah. You've heard Subhanallah before. Subhanallah is said when we declare the perfection of Allah. But when you say Subhanaka, you're not talking about Allah's perfection. Listen carefully. You're talking to Allah about His perfection. Not talking about Him, but talking to Him. In the middle of talking to people, saying we shouldn't be talking about this, you turn to Allah and say, Subhanaka, you are way too perfect. Now, let's understand why that is. Why immediately a switch and talk to Allah? Understand that in the Qur'an, whenever the tasbih of Allah is mentioned on the tongues of people, Subhanallah, 
the, the words Subhanallah, or even when Allah mentions it, Subhanahu wa Taala. This is mentioned when something is done that undermines the perfection of Allah. When something is a crime against Allah, or somehow is less respect than Allah deserves, or less reverence than Allah deserves, then the immediate words after that are Subhan, the tasbih, the perfection of Allah. Meaning this false thing has been attributed to Allah, and Allah is way too perfect for such a thing to be attributed to Him. So for example, when people do shirk, Allah says, Subhanahu wa ta'ala amma yaqulun. Allah is way too perfect and way too far above what they say. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. The angels questioned Allah when He created Adam salam, saying that He's going to spill blood, He's going to cause corruption. And He said, I know what you don't know. And they felt maybe they crossed the line with Allah. So what did they say? Subhanaka la ilma lana illa ma'allamtana. You're way too perfect. No, 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 we were not questioning the perfection of your knowledge. You're, you're perfect. You're the all-perfect one. Subhanaka. In other words, if you've crossed the line with Allah, then the words to say are Subhanaka or Subhanallah. In this conversation, as I mentioned to you, people are talking not about Allah. They're talking about another person. They're talking about some person. You got up and said, according to the word of Allah, we shouldn't be talking about this. And then immediately you recognize that talking about a person like that isn't just a line you crossed or isn't just an offense against that person. It's an offense against Allah. And for which immediately I must beg Allah's forgiveness because I recognize that I have crossed something sacred against Allah Himself. Subhanaka. I turn to Allah immediately. And you know what that does? I no longer fear who's offended in the audience because I'm afraid I just offended Allah. Subhanaka. Hada buhtanun azim. This is a horrible, slanderous accusation. This is unacceptable. In other words, not only do you try to silence everybody else. Now, by the way, just because you talk like that doesn't mean people become silent. It doesn't mean the conversation stops. Maybe you say these words and people say, Oh, look, Sheikh. Oh, where did you study tafsir, huh? MashaAllah. Now you're going to preach us? What were you like last year? Weren't you the one making the same kinds of comments not only a month ago? Yeah, but then I heard a khutbah. Things change. People change. People make adjustments for the better. Your mistakes in the past don't determine that you can't stand up for the right thing in the future. You cannot be held back to your... People try to relegate you to your previous mistakes and say you are in no position to ever stand up for the right thing ever again. Don't let anybody do that for you. You, you and I are responsible to do the right thing and stand by the right thing despite our own mistakes. Despite our own flaws. Nobody, when somebody stands up for the right thing, they're not declaring that they're perfect. You know, people, shaitan comes to them and says, oh, so you're going to talk? You're all perfect? And you know what these words do? These words say that only Allah is perfect. Subhanaka. So in you, in you and I saying that, we've actually acknowledged that you and I are imperfect. Even though I'm correcting what's going on here, I'm not saying I'm better than anybody else. I'm guilty as you are. And so I pray Allah forgives us for crossing a line against Him. Subhanaka, hadha buhtanun azim. And if that wasn't enough, Allah. Allah is counseling you lovingly. Allah is counseling you in a way that penetrates your hearts. That's the idea of the word maw'idah. Maw'idah means words that penetrate the heart. Allah says, Allah is, Allah is getting this point across to you in a way that will affect your feelings. It will affect your hearts. أَنْتَعُودُ لِمِثْلِهِ أَبَدًا that you better not repeat the likes of this mistake ever again. If in fact you're true believers. You know, when you look at, it's, it's important to compare 
not just what Allah says about different things, how He speaks about different crimes, the way He speaks about different crimes. I'm hard-pressed to find another sin in the Qur'an where Allah mentions the sin, mentions the mistake, and then says, I'm advising you, this better not ever happen again. This is unique language in the Qur'an. You know, it's unprecedented that Allah will speak like this. So this is, again, Allah reinforcing why we think conversations like these are no big deal. And yet with Allah, وَهُوَ عِنْدَ اللَّهِ عَظِيمٌ you better not repeat the likes of this ever again. Allah is counseling you. And then he adds a condition. In kuntum mu'minin. That's the scariest part of these ayat. In kuntum mu'minin. If in fact you are truly believers. In other words, it will be easy for you to repeat something like this and forget this counsel if there's something missing in your faith. If you're not really true believers, this will happen again, and again, and again, and again. But if there is in fact iman in you, if there is in fact faith in you, faith in Allah in you, then the way you cherish the dignity of your fellow believer, the way you talk about your fellow believer, and the way you don't tolerate talk about your fellow believer, that's going to change forever. Because you've taken Allah's counsel to heart. And once Allah said all of this, he, you know, one, one, you know, hammer after another is being dropped in these ayat. And the last one to drop as part of this piece of the conversation that I will conclude my khutbah with is, وَيُبَيِّنُ اللَّهُ لَكُمُ الْآيَاتِ And Allah clarifies the miraculous revelations to you. Allah clarifies them for your benefit. Meaning, Allah's already done His part. Now someone says, but I didn't know. I had no idea, I, didn't, I really didn't think it was a big deal. Allah is absolved from your ignorance. Allah is saying, I clarified it. Why didn't you seek out and learn? How come you didn't you know, seek to... Isn't, it's not that Allah wasn't clear. Allah has made ayat clear. And Allah is knowledgeable and wise. Wallahu alimun hakim. Allah knows what He clarified. So nobody gets to hide behind the excuse of ignorance anymore because these ayat have been revealed. If you and I don't take the time to learn, to understand what things we should avoid in life that are a big deal to Allah, then the crime isn't Allah's. The, the fault isn't on Allah's side, ma'adullah. The fault is on my side. Allah has already clarified. Yubayyinullahu lakumul ayat. Allah has made the ayat very clear to you. In other words, He better see application of this immediately. And Allah is knowledgeable. Allah knows the way you're going to apply this or not. You know, as I give these ayat about manners and how to treat people, how to talk about people, how to think about people, this is one of those big subjects. When I, when I talk about that, it's very common for shaitan to come to me and shaitan to come to you and say, I can think of someone who does this. I hope they hear this. We're always thinking of someone else who needs this advice. But you and I really have to look at ourselves in our anger, in our, you know, in our moments of frustration. Do we become people like this? Do we talk about people like this? Even people that we feel deserve it. Even people that have made us upset. Even people that are in the wrong. Is it okay as far as our religion is concerned that we talk about people like that? That we think about people like that? We need to, if someone is doing you continuous harm, and they're still doing you harm, if they're continuing to do that, the best you should do is ask Allah's protection from people like that. That's actually going to benefit you. But talking about them, all you're doing is taking the good deeds you have and giving them to people you don't like to begin with. That's all you're doing. 
Don't put that debit on yourself. Get some credit for yourself. This is why Allah says, قُلْ أَعُوذُ بِرَبِّ النَّاسِ that Allah, He taught us to seek refuge from certain people. There may be people that, that you think of them and all these criticisms come in your head. Terrible people that have done horrible things to you. Or they're continuing to do horrible things to you. People can be abusive, it's possible. But what should be our ethic around those people? Don't give them what you, the most valuable thing you have. Don't give them your good deeds. Don't li- and those people are not worth you losing your faith. Those people are not worth you using your tongue in a bad way. They're not worth it. The, the, the darkness that will come inside you as a result is not worth it. Those people are not worth it. Those people should be made irrelevant. You know, Abdullah ibn Ubayy, which inshallah eventually I'll, I'll, I'll hold a program here where we'll t- go through the entire story of what exactly happened, right? But the person who started this spark, who started this rumor, was Abdullah ibn Ubayy. And you know, the one he hurt the most was Aisha radiallahu anha. And Aisha radiallahu anha did not speak his name. She knew it was him. She did not speak his name for 50 years. She didn't say a word about him. She, Allah's words were enough for her. When these ayat came, she was relieved. The guy is still running around doing his work. He's still spewing his poison. It didn't affect her anymore. Because she had Allah's words. Because she knew now, Allah will deliver justice. This is the promise of Allah. Everyone among them, whatever sin they earned of this, whatever portion of sin they earned, Allah will make sure they get what they earned. That's a guarantee from Allah. So she doesn't need to go and seek justice. She doesn't need to say anything about anyone anymore. She doesn't need to, shaitan comes to her and says, or comes to you and me and says, they talked about you, you should talk about them. No. No. Because then, then what's the difference left between you and them? What's the difference between you and them? Then we stop believing in Allah's justice. And this doesn't mean that you're forgiving anyone. Sometimes people aren't worthy of forgiveness. As a matter of fact, sometimes you give lectures to people about how you must forgive, you must forgive, you must forgive. 50 years later, our mother, when she mentioned his name, she said, Halak aman halak. The one who died a while ago, I hope he dies over and over again before he, she said his name. So she didn't forgive him. There may be people you don't want to forgive. It's possible. It's possible. But that still doesn't mean that you dirty your tongue with them. It still doesn't mean that. In fact, these ayat are teaching us an ethic, a code. That whether you're the victim or you're the abuser for both of us. Because the victim has no right to turn into an abuser. That's not okay either. And this is a, it's a very hard thing to live by, to control our tongues. Especially towards those we feel are worthy of our criticism. This thing moves very quickly and it doesn't take much for it to move. Especially if you're in the habit of just whatever comes in your head, you just say it. You know? Like the, the poet used to say back in the day that my, I wish my neck was a mile long. So that the bad thought comes in his heart. Now the words are traveling from his neck, but he has time to put the brakes on and send them back before they get out. Because sometimes the bad thought comes and just you blurt it out and you're like, ah, shouldn't have said that. <laughs> it's too late, you know? But we, we have to learn to control ourselves and what we can and cannot say. I pray that Allah gives us the strength of faith to be able to control our tongues towards one another. May Allah protect us from the evil of people. May Allah deliver to, to us relief in whatever way that we are, you know, that we are worthy of and beyond what we're worthy of. May Allah make us all recipients of His constant, continuous protection and His mercy. Barakallahu li wa lakum fil Quran al-Hakim wa nafa'ani wa iyaakum bil ayati wa dhikr al-Hakim.